Stranger Stone Podcast. Welcome, <laughs> listeners. You're today with my... Sorry, I didn't realize, I didn't realize we were going to start so abruptly. Uh, you caught me off guard. I was kind of... Yeah, I was kind of leading you into it. Uh, just wanted to give our listeners a friendly little reminder that you can email us at spacerangerstone at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. Holy shit, this audio delay is fucking me up. Um, I do not know why this is... Okay. Oh, perfect. This means we can restart. Okay, no. this. I just figured out what was doing it. It's because I have a compressor and an adaptive limiter in the master bus. I expected that that would be the problem. I knew it. Yeah, everybody always thinks it's that, and then it always is. Um, yep. <laughs> okay, spacerangerstone.gmail.com. Go ahead and email us there for any questions you have about the podcast. I'm going to take a look. Nothing. We've gotten nothing <laughs> from anybody. That's heartbreaking. But I will tell you some exciting news if anybody is still listening on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify. We are on YouTube. We are everywhere you get your podcasts as long as it's Spotify or YouTube. And I'm going to stop uploading it to SoundCloud after this episode. So that's exciting. That is pretty exciting. If you're listening to this on Spotify, you should listen on YouTube instead because Luke's made a really cool little intro uh, thing. Adam. Um, Very nicely drawn, by the way. Thank you. I don't like that you made it moving, though, because I was forced to sit through and watch the entire podcast just to see if, like, something would change. Yeah, there is something uh, in 47 minutes that changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, don't tell them what time it is. You have to bleep that out. You have to make sure they watch the whole thing. Um, but overall, very very well, very well done. Um, you're quite the artist. Thank you. Okay, so a couple things about that. So if you if you haven't opened the YouTube link yet... I made an idle animation of me sitting in the ship. I made the air freshener move. I made the lights turn on and off. I put a couple shooting stars in the background. I made the space move around behind them. You know, some great stuff there. Uh, I even put in the animated title and I put the subject of the pod into the monitor. I don't know if I'm gonna keep doing that. Yeah. It seems like a lot. Of and fun. I noticed when I slowed it down by like uh, down to 25 percent. There's like uh, there's copper in your skin that yes. flashes really quickly, yeah, uh, and that you can't normally tell. But I did notice that was a nice little. I'm touch. glad you caught that. Uh, that was really important. <clears throat> no, but that's uh, you say I'm good at drawing. I drew nothing in that. Like there is. I I know that obviously, but I was giving you some oh. uh, some clout. Right. Well, I appreciate it, but yeah, I mean, just to tell our viewers like I, I literally drew nothing everything was traced including like everything on the right side all the uh, cables and the input stuff and like the little piano the op one I put a TT78 drum machine in there literally didn't draw any of it just traced all of all off of photos um, but even though 
even that it's like that's hard like what are you what are you gonna tell me is that's cheating all, right that's what all the best artists do little secret I mean honestly it's like I know but also how much of it are you gonna say is cheating when I look on Instagram there are so many pieces that you can just tell are like traced or virtually directly copied from reference but it's like that's art you know what, what are you gonna say is that's or isn't art I don't know um, I think it looks fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, getting it on Spotify is a big load off the mind. I feel happy with that because now it's like <clears throat> when people hear you have a SoundCloud, they're like, ah, oh, gross. But when people hear, it, hear you have a Spotify, that's like official. Also, still getting the audio delay. I'm just going to turn off, gonna turn off my input monitoring. So as long as you can hear me, I'm just going to trust that trust that there's noise coming through here all right <clears throat> are you good yeah yeah i'm good i mean i'm feeling okay how are you feeling hi i'm feeling pretty good um yeah my life's been going pretty fun uh been frothing a lot i thought you were gonna rail me way harder for not showing up to the last podcast actually i did listen to the the last one yeah very good stuff thank you very much to all of our guests that came on for that um, very entertaining. Okay, I want to start uh, a pledge. I, like... I want to start a pledge right now. Every guest, or sorry, every person who listens to this show will eventually be featured as a guest. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Not only that, if you come on to our show as a guest, you get one hundred percent of all the revenue made for that episode. Very true. All of yes. it. Yes, we don't get. We we won't keep any of it. <laughs> we won't keep a single penny. Uh, um, no, I just had a, I just feel like I wasn't getting enough, uh, enough credit for the last one. Cause you guys were making fun of me. Cause I went on a, a date with this, uh, I went on a couple of dates to this girl. Um, and you know, I'm actually surprised you guys didn't rail on me harder. Uh, but you know, it's all for content for this podcast. Oh. So I feel like the fact that you guys were even, you know, making digs at me in the first place was a little bit unfounded because I'm doing it all for this. Holy shit, I just got it. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the whole bit isn't ready yet, you know? Um, so I don't want to go too much into, into this elaborate uh, gaslighting. Will you pledge right uh, now that you're going to break up with her on the pod? Oh, man. Uh, that would be a really, really fruity bit. Um, you know what? I'll... <laughs> I will see what I can do. I will see what I can do. All right. Um, I can't promise anything, though, because she doesn't exist. But um, oh. if I can make it happen, I will. Um, That's huge. That's I, had a, I, just, I, had a tiny, I just had a tiny story. Um, it's a one-sentence long story, but I, for some reason it was really funny Baby to me. Baby shoes. I was walking never the, worn. I was walking the dog yesterday. And someone was, there's like this dude staring at this guy's dog in his yard. Uh, and he was like kind of smiling and <laughs> waving at the dog. And the dog's tied to a leash and the dog's like just standing there barking. I'm really stretching out this story because I said it was going to be one sentence long and it really only is. Um, but now I've already made it three sentences long. But he's standing there like waving at the dog and the dude comes out and is like, 
stop smiling at my dog. What? <laughs> got like, got, got, got like super, got super aggressive and like walked over to the fence line. And I think the other guy was like autistic or something just because like who just does that. So like I felt kind of bad for him because I think he's just like an autistic dude who like found a dog that he thought was cute. Uh, but the guy came out and just started yelling at him and telling him off and telling him to leave his dog alone. He's like, leave my dog alone! And, like, told him to, like, F off. Holy shit. Um, so I thought that was amusing. I have nothing to say about that. I don't have any insight on that story, but I thought it was funny that it happened. Um, that is fucking hysterical. Um, <laughs> I kept my eyes to kept my eyes to the ground when I walked by. I would have stared at the dog for, like, 30 minutes, but you do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... So um, I'm eating. Mm, I'm eating soft-boiled eggs right now. I just bit into one. It exploded all over my pants and my seat. That means Adam, you gotta entertain the crowd for like a minute while I go get a paper towel. Or if you're if you don't say anything entertaining, I'll just edit it out. But <laughs> okay, okay. But all right, you gotta you go do that. Rest. Yeah, I got I got something. See, this is what Lucas does uh, for all of our listeners out there. I was listening to the last pod, and Lucas. Lucas Lucas Stone. First of all, Spencer corrected him for not calling him Stone, but his name is Lucas Stone. So calling him Lucas is fine because that's just his first name. His last name is Stone Spencer. I'm surprised Lucas didn't catch that when his it's his actual name and he didn't correct Spencer on on that. But anyway, um, but Lucas puts people on the spot. I could tell Lucas was thinking of a funny joke for for a line, and then he tells Spencer and Jack, he's like, "All right, if I say this." Uh, what would be a really funny follow-up line? And then Jack and Spencer, like, try to come up with lines on the spot. And then Lucas says his line that he's been thinking of for half an hour and immediately appears to be the funny one. Uh, but this man's a complete fraud. Um, you know, it's, it's all it's all prepared beforehand. Puts puts our, our beautiful guests on the spot just to make them feel stupid. It's messed up. Um, don't like that. Uh, we will be removing Lucas from the show. Um... I'm going to do a coup. I'm bringing Spencer and Jack back on, and Grant, of course. Um, and we're going to do the, the Lucas Stone podcast without him, I think. What's up? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Thank you. Um, I do as I do. All right, that's enough talking about black people. I think um, <laughs> I just I had some stuff. Of, uh, I just Fuck, man. There's for lack so of much co- egg, and I can't get it out. That is the tricky thing about eggs. <laughs> get out! <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a little tough. It can be a little tough. Listeners, if you have um, any advice on how to get egg out of office chair, and this is like soft office chair. This isn't no leather office chair. So if you have any advice, give me, uh, give me an email. Or if you have advice on getting tomato stains out of couches, because I brought Spencer over when we were both pretty... We walked home from the bar, uh, and Spencer said, let's eat some meat sauce. Uh, on my mom's brand new uh, expensive couch, and I said that sounds like a good idea. You said Spencer, what mom? Uh, this... What are you talking about? And I'm then <laughs> he literally ate nothing and just threw it all on the couch like a fucking ape, like just like complete absolute mongoloid, just like as a bit. I think part of his drunk brain thought it'd be funny to destroy my life, and uh, and just smear meat sauce all over the couch but i went through eight different cleaners and it took me three days and i think i've gotten to a pretty good point 
Um, but we will see. We will see when the mom gets back um, whether I survive. Well, those first two uh, eggs made a bit of a mess, but I'm going for number three. For lack of real content, which I do have, I do have some real content Fuck. coming up. But I, sorry. But I felt like since I was listening to the pod, I might as well talk about some of the stuff that was in the pod, um, just to soothe myself and make me feel like I was actually there. You know, I felt a little bit left out, so I was just gonna bring up uh, like two or three things that you guys said on there. If that's cool with you, Lucas, of course. Um, no. All right, I'm gonna do it anyway, though. <laughs> So, Lucas, you brought up that Go has infinite moves, which uh, I've heard this before. I did not. Okay. As an example, Somebody did. Okay. Well, no, I know. it's obvious, Nothing's infinite, but there is more moves in Go than there is atoms in the universe. Yes. So they say, but it's like, that's like very misleading, I feel like. You know, like, there's never going to be, you could do a soccer game, you know, 100,000 soccer games a day. For like the next 800 million years and a soccer game is not going to repeat itself either you know what i mean you're not gonna have the I guess, same but exact the difference is that go is turn-based the difference is that go has like variables that are you know like determined like like there's actually more of a yeah i mean if you want to put it into like that sense but even then it's like think about poker you know what i mean poker there's like a set amount of cards and if you're like only looking at it from the perspective of the cards but each card is like if you have two people at a table, they can each have one to the 50, or sorry, 52 to like two cards or combinations that they could be holding in their hands or whatever the fuck it is. And there's like five cards on the table. That could be any number of fucking cards, you know? Multiply that times eight people and then say they did like 10 turns. It's like, okay, now there's 50 million more moves than there is in Go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um... It's like any, that's any game. Any game that you can have like just something where you put to the power of something like a card deck with 52 freaking cards you're gonna have like a nearly infinite amount like a rubik's cube has like what 10 billion trillion combinations or something right i, I think the reason that people say it though is because um the it's kind of like a way to introduce somebody to go because the rules of go seem so rudimentary you have all these pieces that all have the same value and ability and you can only move them one space at a time each so it's like it seems like such a simple game, which is why people have to like demonstrate that actually every game you play of it is profoundly different. Because like poker or soccer, well, it's like very obvious that every game is going to be different. Well, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I looked up the rules to go, and I think part of it is just because, like, you have to think about like actual practical rules. You don't have like an infinite amount of games that are going to occur because nobody's going to do the retarded moves which is the vast majority of what that makes up but on top of that I th i'm pretty sure what they're talking about when talking about go is that there's no like limit like chess has an infinite number of rules if you can have two kings running around the board but the reason it doesn't is because after 50 turns of no pieces getting taken the game just ends like there's just a rule that says okay you can only go 50 turns without pieces being taken right i feel like if go had that kind of rule suddenly <laughs> we're talking you know a fraction of the possibilities i feel like when you're talking about that number you're talking about the dude keeps putting down a black space and then the other dude keeps putting down a white space and then they go in circles for like 10 million years. I think, you know what I'm saying? You, you, no, you're definitely striking on something accurate like about why people say that. Like it's kind of a dumb thing to say. I tr It's true. It's, yeah. Now I feel, I feel like, like a, a bit of a dipshit for saying Honestly. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I think the point is that you are. Have you ever so seen, I wanted to bring that have up. Have you ever seen the, there's like a Vsauce video that's, um, <laughs> 
there's like a Vsauce video that's talking about music, and he's like, well, this is actually the number of different possible tracks you could make in five minutes uh, on a 64-bit track, and it's like the same number. It's like some insane, crazy huge number, which describes like, okay, there's one five-minute track where a guy says, hello, at two minutes and 30 seconds. Then there's another five-minute track where he says it at two minutes and 30.1 seconds. And then there's another one where he says it at two minutes and 30 seconds, but it's slightly deeper. And then there's one where he says it twice, right? Like, it's like, that, 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 that figure doesn't even mean anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you're, I I, I'm retarded. I agree. You, you struck yeah. something there. I just wanted to put that out there for the listeners so they know how stupid you are. Um... I feel like an and idiot for other... buying into the liberal media propaganda. And you know why it is? It's because yeah. I watched a Go documentary about that... Uh, it's the... Ch- the AI, the the most famous Go AI. Mm-mm. Um, because people were like, oh, it's going to be 30 years at least until a Go bot beats a world champion Go player. In, like, 2018, they were saying that, and then they fucking built this thing and, you know, schlopped that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually didn't schlop yeah. him, which is even the crazier part. The GoBot won three games against him, and then he bought, he won, like, the next two. That's pretty impressive. Which, yeah, that's... Like, you'd expect either it's still way behind, or it's, like, light years ahead, but you wouldn't expect, like, it's on par with, you know, a human player. I think... I think I said this to you the other day, but I think chess, and, I mean, perhaps Go, um, although that's Chinese, so I'm not really going to address it, um, but I think chess is like one of those things that perfectly highlights how insane the human brain can get um, because of what one you're what you're talking about, like, you know, super smart people being able to be bots. But I mean, you listen or watch these chess players. I've been watching a lot of like grandmasters play chess. Uh, it's funny because it's actually become like a live streaming thing. Like they're on Twitch, um, like, you know, like the greatest chess, all of the greatest chess players. That's how they make their money now, because um, that's pretty much where you make you know, that's where anyone like that with those kind of jobs has to make their money now. Um, but I mean, these people like memorize every game. Like you can ask these people about games that they played when they were like 12 or 11 and they will have memorized the exact move order of all of those games. Like they can recall like tournaments that they did when they were like seven years old and they're like, Oh yeah, I remember I was playing against this like uh, other grandmaster when I was seven and uh, I played B6, and then he played, you know, E2 or whatever. And it's like, it is absolutely insane that the human brain can actually get to that point. Um, yeah, that's great. I mean, the autistic mind is is absolutely gorgeous um, in that sense. I had something else I wanted to say about that, too. Autistic people? Um, Go? Yeah, I had like a little autistic rant. A little chess rant about something. I hate the autistic people. Anyway. Oh, that's Cap. I love autistic I was, people. I was going to bring up one more thing, too. Um, they talked about the podcast, because uh, you guys were saying that humans come from monkeys. and I uh, said like specifically the, that I know that's not how it works. That, you, <laughs> that humans don't come from monkeys? Yeah, I mean, I know that's the theory is not that they came from monkeys. Right. I don't know. To me, that entire thing, maybe the listener will agree, um, but it's sort of like, I don't really care what you believe. I have a lot of friends who are young earth uh, theorists. Um, 
I have a lot of friends that are young earthers, but uh, you're hanging out with the retarded I think, class of people. Yeah, well, that is. <laughs> you're hanging out with base people, bro. Come on. Um, but it's sort of like uh, you know, like a nut to a to like a full oak tree. Like there could be, you can you can like say that you know you're going from you know it started as this, and then it eventually became this. But at some point in between those two phases, you have something that's like really transformative. And when you're at one stage, it's not even remotely comparable to, you know, the previous stage. Like you can say a nut comes from a tree and in that way they're somewhat similar. But a nut is not is not in the same classification as a full oak tree. You know what I mean? True. Does that make sense? Like uh like a monkey is so absurdly below and a monkey being the closest thing to a human but a monkey is so absurdly far away from the realm of human consciousness that it doesn't make a lot of sense to compare the two other than to say that maybe you know the nut the tree eventually becomes the nut but they're not similar like the consciousness is that beautiful thing the consciousness is those roots and those leaves that are on the oak tree that completely distinguish it from anything else um, at all. Like there's no, like a monkey doesn't have like an actual form of language, you know, like all these animals that we kind of like say, oh, like dogs are so cute and stuff, but you know, a dog doesn't have any type of language. A dog can understand like eight words or something like that. Like that's not language. That's not a conveyance of ideas. There's no consciousness in a dog other than what you would, you know, categorize as like, you know, the very most base level like, yeah, this thing is, like, a highly evolved rat in a way. Um, but there's not there's not anything that really ties it together. It's fuck, not something that you can... Carpet. You gotta stop dropping the eggs, dude. But there's not anything you can really tie together between a human and a dog. And I think that is one thing that's important when I'm talking. Because I, I asked this question to a couple of people, and I was like, you know, what is... You know, what, to you, like, what is, what, is, what is better, like, a human or a dog? Which seems like a really stupid question. Yeah. Or I said, like, you know, like, but, like, you know, and they're, oh, a dog, because a dog doesn't want to do anything. Dog never does anything bad. You know, humans can be bad. A dog can't be bad. But it's, like, just a retarded point of view, because a dog doesn't actually have free will, doesn't have a consciousness, doesn't have a notion of bad, um, and therefore is incapable of you know to to me a dog is like obviously it's more important than like another tool um i'd rather have a dog than a hammer um but a dog doesn't even come close to encompassing the love that another human can bring to your life a dog doesn't love you because it accepts you for your flaws because it actually encompasses and thinks about you, keep you, talking you about and this. your totality my hands. oh my I'm gosh sorry. you're doing great i was i was already ranting and now you're forcing me to rant alone which is already what I was doing, but I guess I'll continue <laughs> um, and make, make some of my make some of my dog loving listeners upset. Um, but a dog doesn't love you for your flaws. It doesn't have a concept of who you are as a person. It loves you because over ten million years is genetically made to love humans. That's why they look like not wolves anymore. That's why they look like little playthings, little uh, teddy bears. It's because their entire purpose and they're just they're genetic. Uh, inclination is just like something gives me food I'm gonna love that thing you know and obviously you can you can raise a dog incorrectly 
Um, and then again, it's just like a complete product of its environment. You know, a dog raised incorrectly is just going to be a bad dog, but a dog raised the way that you want it to be raised and like in a good way is just going to fulfill that purpose. Um, like a, like a tool would almost, um, obviously, you know, I, like I said, I do like dogs. I think dogs are cool. I think it's nice when a dog does something good for a human, but it's not a, it's not a reflection of its free will. Um, it's just a reflection of its environment. It doesn't actually care about you in the way that another person care about you. So when people say like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, oh, I'd much rather hang out with dogs and humans. It's like, God, yeah, okay, how long so do you just... fucking talk about this, bro? I've been gone for like six minutes. I was not going to keep talking about it, but then you said I had to entertain the viewers. Right, listen, I would say you're right. saying something very true. I, I think the ultimate way to distinguish is that humans have a lower will and a higher will, which is what I was just talking about to you about earlier. Yeah. Um, no, there is no animal that has a lower will and a higher will, right? And that's, like, that's how we describe consciousness is you have a deep thing that you want to do and a higher intuition that tells you not to do it, which no animal possesses that thing, right? Yes, I agree. I mean, that's um, that's just, yeah, like, I, I don't know if I, I think you put it very well with the tree and the leaves. I don't know if I harped on that enough, but yeah, I don't, I don't see us as similar or anything to monkeys. Um, and I, I don't mean to, like, blur the line. Like, yeah, I do think we're, like, obviously, we're a completely distinct creature. Nature is autonomous. People are not. Like, people have uh, what we would call, like, real experience. But I think, uh, yeah, you're watching all these, like, Disney movies and Pixar movies. Like, the, the Super Pets or whatever that new fucking movie is. It's just crazy that we've all grown up on these movies that personify animals. And they present animals as human things. And now we've, like, adapted it as a mental illness that we see so much human emotion and human motivation in our animals just because we've seen movies like that. Like, when you watch The Lion King, that's not a story about, like, a baby lion and his dad lion. It's like, no, that's obviously the story of a powerful king and the son of the king and how he's going to get back at an assassin who killed the father of the king, right? It's a human story. Every, all, all, yeah. all human stories are human because you can't tell a story that's purely intuitive. It wouldn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's really a problem of conflation but, where we are, what you said, giving an, uh, giving human traits to animals because an animal doesn't do the same thing. You know, a human's willing to, like, run into a fire to save a dog. Dog's not willing to run into a fire to save, like, you know, a rat. You know what I mean? Right. It's like we just, we just have associated the two things um, way too deeply. Um, right. I mean, a so, dog's not even willing to run into a fire to save another dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Um, unless they're trained to do that by humans, which again, they're not doing it based off of a higher will. They're doing it based off of a trained intuition. Just before we get off the topic of monkeys, you know, you remember the Powerade drinking video, or Powerade monkey drinking video? Yeah. I saw some guy do that in the gym, and I guarantee he was making reference. There's no way you could do it <laughs> as accurate. And I was the only other one in the locker room. And he, like, saw me walking up, and then he pulled out his water, and he held his left fist up in the air, and he, like, water fell, fell in it. 
<laughs> and I was like, I didn't say anything, which is, I'm, I don't know why. I feel very vulnerable in the locker room. Um, and I just gotten out of the shower. You should, maybe you should just explain the video to the people who haven't seen oh, it. Oh, sorry, yeah, so there's a video of a monkey drinking Powerade, um, and it's filmed from above the monkey, so you're looking down at the monkey. You should really look this up, because you're missing out if you haven't seen it, but it's a video of you looking down at this monkey, and they start pouring Powerade into this monkey's mouth, and the monkey holds his left fist up, and it gets right close to the camera. You kind of get that perspective thing where the fist looks huge, and he's just, his whole mouth is filling up with Powerade, and you see his, his open mouth contort into a smile, like an open mouth smile as the Powerade's pouring in. And just so much emotion is shared through that video. And this guy was doing that in the gym, just for me. I was the only audience, and I didn't even say anything. I felt so bad. <laughs> Like, I, there's, because looking back, like, I was, at the time, I was like, what the fuck's this guy doing? And then I kind of realized it right after he finished. And looking back, I was like, there's no way he wasn't referencing that video. Like, he did it exactly like the video. Um, anyway, just crazy. I, good to know there's other player characters. I feel bad for not mentioning to him that I realized he was a player character. <laughs> yeah, you should have said that. I think, um... I think I did this whole segment just to be controversial, so uh, listeners, do not write in to tell me that your dog has a soul. Um, yeah, it's... Because it will not change It will not change my mind, even though it was all satire. Was it? Uh, what? Was it? Well, I have, to, I have to say that so they don't write in. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Go, guys, go kill politicians in Tetris. I love... <laughs> that's, my, that's my favorite <laughs> line, is like the... Go out, find prominent politicians of your opposition party, and kill them in Tetris. Because it's just like... It's just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Northman Review? I don't... I don't... I don't... Yeah. Okay, how long has this pod been going so far? Let's see. 30 minutes already. Oh my god. And half of that I was We've gone. Cleaning egg or washing hand. <laughs> yeah. And most of that, I was incoherently rambling about some uh, schizo Before dog theory. Before we get theory. into Northman, I gotta confess something to you, Adam. Mm. I have, just an hour before the pod, I have purchased my first nicotine device of the year. Hopefully my last, but, uh, yeah. That sucks, but I have something to confess <laughs> to you, too. Uh, this entire pod, I've been ripping the nicotine because I quit quitting. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> We are absolute fiends. We are fiends. I think the thing is... We are... Oh my god, I'm getting a fucking phone call from Grant. And it's the hey, last... while you leave, I'll take care of it. Uh... <laughs> what? I'll take care of the podcast when you leave to take this phone call. No. <laughs> uh, no, no. This is... You didn't catch it, but we are going to do a cue that kind of removes you from the podcast. That was... And uh, you're actually really helping facilitate that by leaving the entire thing up to me. That's good. That's good. Uh, uh, I, I just hit him with the doing pod with Adam. I think, uh, you know how, I, all right, so I don't know if I've gone on this rant on this pod yet, or if I've even told this rant to you, but I had a rant about the spiritual journey that every man goes on throughout the course of a single day. Um, mm. And then there's like a different spiritual journey that men go on in the course of a year, because obviously you, there's different feelings associated with each season. Mm -hmm. 
but I will say I think when summer comes, it's where you just want to let loose. You know, it's just, it's every part of you just wants to let loose. And who are we to fight it? It's like Spencer said, it's schizo summer. It's schizo summer. It's white boy we summer. Are, two. We three. are done. Just, just as Spencer said, we're done taking our meds. We are now about to show our true selves. We, this is the full realization of the ego. That was it's really going to be a really Spencer, spiritual thing. That was funny. I like that. I really appreciate you doing that. I wish there was somebody down here who would do open mics with me, because that was funny and I enjoyed it. Did you watch it? Did he send you a recording? Grant sent a recording in the group chat. Yeah, it's pretty good. Good stuff. Do you want to do the Northman review? Um, I like the Southman. Yeah, that's really good content, I think. I am down. I watched it last Monday at work. You seem so hesitant. Well, I just... Do you not want to talk about this movie? Yeah. No, I do want to talk about it. I just feel bad now because Grant's calling and texting me and... He just said, damn, when I said that, I was doing a pod with Adam. Uh, well, and I know he wanted to do the Northman review, but fuck him, dude. That's what I say about that. Well, Grant can come in and give his take. Uh, and uh, and we'll when we do the next anymore. pod. I think, okay, so just to start it off, Northman review, if you haven't watched it, either don't watch it or click off now, because I'm going to give a quick plot review of the movie. If you're cool with that, Adam. Yeah, go for it. So, starts off with this kid and his son, or his kid and his dad, and the dad returns from one of his Viking excursions, and the kids celebrating. They, the kid, the kid's dad is the king of his region, his province, and they're celebrating. And then the dad goes through a coming-of-age ritual, a Bildungsroman, if you will, if you remember Mr. Reese's class. And he goes through a coming-of-age ritual with his son, and the next day he's slaughtered by an incumbent who is his brother. Um, and the kid sees all this happen. He escapes the island, and he vows to kill, that, kill his dad's brother for doing that. Um, he lives for a few years as a Viking. He gets taken in by another Viking tribe. He just fucking slaughters, rapes, lives the good life on Jaw. He gets, he, he finds out where his father's murderer, his uncle, is. And he gets on a boat, pretends to be a slave so he can go to that guy's farm. He then sleeps as a serpent. Well, first of all, as soon as he gets to the farm, no, as soon as he gets on the boat, he meets he meets his white pill he finds the white pill and mm. yeah he's pretty stoked on that well actually you can't really tell if he is or isn't but then he he's kind <laughs> of under the under the radar living and working as a slave at this farm for an unspecified amount of time before he finally realizes the time is right and he he is then taken away by the feminine nature because his, uh, his white pill says, let's just go away. You don't have to think about this revenge. You should just forgive. Look at what this revenge and this focus on revenge has wrought you. And so she's just like telling him, you don't have to do this. They leave. He's like, you're right. They leave. And then he finds out she's pregnant. 
And then as soon as he realizes he has a progeny already, he's like, well, fuck this, dude. I already, I already did it. And I got twins, too. So we're, like, we're good. And he just jumps off the boat, takes off, swims all the way back. And he's like, right, I'm killing this motherfucker. Goes. They have an epic battle. They have the Star Wars Episode Three lava battle. And then they both die and fall into the lava at the end. Um, after he kills his mom and his half-brother. Pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I, is there anything I missed in that plot review, you think? Uh, it's a very long movie. I mean, other, I guess the only thing I would say that's somewhat important is he like comes back to the, uh, the incumbent, um, as a slave and then slaughters the entire town as well. Um, like everyone that works for that guy as well. Um, Does he? I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like that's most of the movie. So I feel like maybe just mention that. Right, well, okay, yeah, so on the guy's farm, he has, like, a certain amount of people as, uh, in his, what's, what's the group called? What's, like, somebody's group called? Entourage. He has a certain amount of people in his entourage who are, you know, above the slaves, and this guy is determined to be a curse upon this man, so he starts killing them and putting them in all kinds of hilarious positions after they die. And then there's a bunch of implied use of drugs throughout the movie. That's a separate point. Um, yeah, what, what did you think about this movie, Adam? One to ten, give your quick, instant answer review. Uh, you know, I think I'd probably give it something that's maybe a little bit too, too nice, just because um, I am a sucker for... Uh, the Viking man just killing everyone. So I'll probably give it an eight. Adam with Viking um, movies is like Italians with mobster movies. He you can't get that yeah. Far. But because I think it's an eight, it's probably closer to a seven. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was very enjoyable. It was very fun to watch. The violence was very gratuitous, um, which is big plus for me and my lizard brain. Um, I thought it was pretty good. And, and that's that being said, like I barely even watched the movie because halfway through I just like went into a blind rage, only saw red, and, uh, you know, woke up outside the theater missing my knife, but... Is that true? Overall, very enjoyable. Yeah, this, this movie sparked something, and, well, it did make me want to go to the gym afterwards, so after, well, the movie ended, I don't know what time it ended, but I immediately just went to the gym and pumped iron. I'm amazed by your uh, ability to be inspired. Um... Well, you know, for me, it's like anytime you get something, anytime you get something that makes it provokes a small amount of feeling inside of you, for me, that's like, I just got to capitalize that. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm wasting it. It's not like, it's not like when I say these things happen, it's not like that thing like really like provoked me to the point where I'm like, oh, I got to go pump iron. But it's like it made me feel like enough to the point where I was like, well, it wouldn't be bad for me to go to the gym right now. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to take initiative and capitalize on any amount of like, momentum that you get from from whatever it is Adam, in life you, you know you don't have to if you start yourself. i know you're a larper i know you larp hard i love dude when i was at the gym i kept going me grub strong and then i slammed the weights on the ground um i wish you would have said something related to north and that would have been funnier yeah anyway <laughs> uh but i <laughs> uh but yeah no i thought it was pretty good um i, I what did you think do you, do you overall enjoy the movie Two. What? Two? Two? Yeah. That's not very good. No further elaboration is going to come. 
end of review. Okay. Review ends. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. I I did like it. There was a couple of things, just from a production standpoint. Like, obviously, yeah, there was the a- accents weren't always consistent, but that's because nobody talks like that in real life, so you... Like, it's mimicking an accent that nobody spoke for hundreds of years, if ever. So, yeah, I don't blame them for being very bad at mimicking the accent, but when they start to speak quietly, like when the king speaks quietly in his Nordic accent at the beginning of the movie, um, mm. it, it's, like, so jarring because it, it just sounds like a guy doing a voice. Which, I, again, I don't yeah. blame him because nobody speaks that way, so you can't even, like, have a vocal coach tell you how people of that culture are people that try to speak because nobody does. Um, and then there's, like, a couple other points. Like, there's a point on the ship where he's facing away and he's, like, looking at the tent of people and then he they clearly just, like, dubbed in a line of audio for him and it, it just sounds, like, so poorly edited. I, I don't understand how those kinds of mistakes can happen in movies because I'm like, this is, like, millions of dollars. Like, somebody's only job is to make that line sound good and yet it pulled me out of the whole movie because I could just clearly tell somebody added in afterwards. Anyway. Yeah, I noticed I noticed things like that too. Some of the CGI, CGI um, was just seemed lacking. like, the, yeah, the CGI seemed like a little wonky and not very good. Um, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I would, just based on the initial reaction of everyone else in the group. Mm. That's um, how I felt, honestly. Yeah, everyone everyone hyped it up a lot. Uh, I thought it was. I mean, I just really enjoyed the violence, and but the movie like as a whole, like if this was not Vikings. Uh, and I didn't feel my, uh, my ancestral calling to it. Uh, I feel like I would have, uh, rated this movie a lot lower. Um, you know, I f- it's just, the, the, the enjoyable part is seeing Vikings kill people. Right. Um, but if it was, if, if it was themed differently, I think, and, it ha- and had all the same motifs, I think I probably would not have given it the same well, rating. yeah, I want to talk about why I think people liked it so much. is because... To, well, to me, the thing that I think people enjoyed about it a lot is that it displayed moral ambiguity from start to finish, which, mm. like, like that's realistic, and I think that's something that you don't see in a lot of... I mean, you see it in, like, fake versions where, like, the anti-hero really has a noble motive, but all of it is, like, supposed to be self-explanatory to the viewer, but when you're watching this movie, like, you don't really know. Like, when I'm watching this guy... Uh, slaughtering a bunch of innocent people and like raping them for <laughs> just because he wants their stuff you know I obviously it's kind of based and I like it and I want to do that with the boys but I'm you know you're also thinking is that right and then at the end of the movie where yeah the feminine dr- the hero sorry sorry I was just gonna say the hero ignores like a lot of uh, like atrocities that are happening because he doesn't actually care about like a higher moral law he's just kind of uh, he's kind of working for himself throughout the entire thing. So when he sees like other bad things happen, he doesn't he doesn't give a right. shit. And I mean, it's implied that he takes play, uh, takes part in like raping these women that they capture. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like fucking. What are you gonna do? You're a Viking, man. And I like like that's something that like nobody would make a video about Washington today. But even if they did, like if it was some right wing or making. A George Washington movie, they wouldn't show him getting those slave teeth out, right? They wouldn't show him with the pliers, fucking 
you know, I mean, I don't think he did it himself, but they, they aren't willing to show the more gratuitous aspects because they have a message that they want to pitch already. But even in this movie where you see he's doing all these horrible things, you still empathize with him the whole time because we understand that he's a, uh, he's a product of his time, right? And then at the end of the movie where, like... And of his environment. And of his environment, so obviously. Sees his father, like, murdered when he's very young. Yeah, it's like... And it's clear that it kind of kills, like, a very big part of his soul. Right. Because um, throughout the rest of the movie, he just ceases to show compassion or, or like, empathy to any real degree until he meets his, uh, you know, flower. Right. And it's like, who are you going to say that... Because a lot of these people who talk politics about old situations are like well they did this they did that it's like when you actually see the full movie the full thing displayed to you it's like who are you to say you would have ended up a different person in that situation oh i would have i would have said um excuse me that's not okay what you just did raping that woman in front of me that's not okay i'm standing up to you like bro you ain't gonna do that you ain't that guy all right um and then at the end of the movie where he says to his girl he's like damn, bitch, I want to kill this guy. And she's like, no, bro, you got to fucking forgive. Look at how your life has turned out when you all you wanted is revenge. And he's like, hmm, you're right. But then he goes back and kills him anyway. And the, you was, uh, the viewer is more satisfied to see him getting killed, even though we're like, well, she's probably right, you know, on some deeper moral level but we still have that uh, that drive for vengeance that's your feminist side speaking lucas maybe i am being a little feminine i don't know man yeah um no i i actually well i thought speaking of that i actually looked up some reviews afterwards i wanted to see what other people thought about the movie like if other people enjoyed it and stuff and one of them was just like i was i was reading maybe not not a review but when it's like someone whose like entire job is is meant to like review these movies what's that called i guess like a critic yeah critic i was reading this critic and i i did just want to i wrote down what he said because i thought it was interesting because he had the completely wrong take so i kind of wanted to just just talk about it um go but what he said was it demands audiences deconstruct overbearing patriarchal values, toxic masculine heroism, and the folly of revenge by pulling viewers through extreme devotion to familial honor. And, um, you know, I just want to talk about that because that was just completely no, the wrong I, take. I think that's the right you take. Know? I've changed my mind. No, no, no. I've changed my mind. Wait a sec. I'm on the other side. Really? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm on his side. Yeah. Okay. Well. You, okay. Well. Then let's um, let's talk about it. So. Okay. Are you being unironic or are you being ironic? I'm being unironic. Like I'm on his side now. Oh. Okay. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So. So. Okay. Fine. The first thing you said, right? This overbearing, uh, patriarch, patriarchal values thing that he was saying. You know, the only thing I saw in this movie, was like. This is the society with like strong beefy boys who ate like a lot of red meat um, was going around dominating and killing all of the egalitarian weaker towns where all the men were just watching porn and have clearly like been consuming like a shit ton of microplastics. Um, I didn't see that and part, so, but I, I trust you. Yeah, well, that's a, that's the whole pillaging scene at the start after right after he becomes an old man you know there's these weak egalitarian societies where they're putting pe- uh 
you can bleep it. They're putting this stuff on a pedestal, if you know what I'm saying. A um, pussy? You think yeah, I was going to yeah. bleep pussy? I don't know what you want in your pod, bro. <laughs> you would bleep... I don't remember what you bleeped on the last pod, but from context, it sounded like you bleeped Fortnite at some point, so... I wasn't sure what uh, what was what was being let fly here. <laughs> no saying um, Fortnite on the pod. That you know. But, <laughs> that you know. That's a rule I yeah, have to start. Now you're gonna have to bleep that Fine. again. You know, but it's the it's the patriarchal masculine society that completely destroys and kills the porn watching, microplastic consuming society, um, where it's implied that those people just look at Reddit all day long. You know, so that's number one. That's the first thing. I don't know what you have to say to that. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I saw as well. You know, like, that's, okay, I mean, that, I was, you're right, like, in the sense that that's the first time you see a person who's not in extremely good shape in the first move, in the whole movie, is, uh, yeah, the guy the... in that village that they attack first. You see a fat guy. And they're all running, and the men are barely like most of the men are not fighting back. You know, a lot of the men are just are just turning tail and, and right. trying to escape. Only you know, specific. Um, and it's fighting. like, yeah, exactly. And it's like, hmm, seems like you know we need a little bit more masculine energy in this village if you're going to be able to fight off you know bad people. Um, Low key. No, that's true. So that was the first thing. That was the first thing. Um, I don't know. Is, okay, so you agree with me on that yeah, one? Yeah, you're pulling me back uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep pulling you back. I'm going to keep pulling you back. Second thing they talk about is toxic masculine heroism. You that know? was disgusting to me, that movie. Yeah, and to me, you know, the whole movie is about how violence solves everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so true. <laughs> you have, because you have one man standing up against a large society, right? The Like the, the, that guy's town the king's town and all of like his entourage as you were saying you have one man standing up to that society that's oppressing people and telling their children that it's okay to be trans which is implied obviously by how feminine uh Fjolnir's son is you know what i mean that guy looks like you know compared to all the other men in the movie even the young men who are like strong um you know that guy that the the king's son is is clearly going you know through the viking equivalent of of becoming a girl um, and so just one man through sheer will and a gratuitous amount of violence takes down the evil society and saves the oppressed. Um, and so I think the message here is obviously directed towards us loners who are on the internet, who know what's right, and we have the means to stop it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so I think, I think that's the, that's my take on the toxic masculine heroism thing. It's like, nah, man, if you got an AR, just, you can do so much. Or we just fertilizer. Maybe that's a little bit too much for the pod. Um, but that's my take. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that is also just true in real life. No, I will say, when you hear somebody like this reviewing the movie and pulling out their ideas from the movie, and then you hear us reviewing the movie and pulling out our ideas from the movie. <laughs> the correct ideas. The correct ideas. It sounds a lot like... Like, it's just, like, this side and that side, and everybody's going to pull out their values or their ideas from the movie. That's what I'm doing. I'm just implementing my standards and, and trying to sh bend the movie to make me agree with what I already think. Yeah, and I like that. But on a more serious note, if, if you make an art piece that's good and reflects truth, then it will have, like, 
excuse my language here, but it will have based values in it. Um, and th like this person who made this review, if you ask them to back it up, they can't guarantee. Um, and when you actually examine any good piece of art is reflecting truth. That's what good art does. So if you have something that is not true, like take toxic masculinity, which is just like not real, it can't be reflected by a piece of actually good art. So that's just kind of my way of differentiating between us and this retard. True. I like looked up a picture of the guy who made this thing because I wanted to see if it was a girl or a guy. Um, but you wait, can wait, tell wait, don't like, even he drinks. Yet. Is it a guy? It is a guy. It. Unfortunately. He has disgusting facial hair and receding hairline, and he's white. <laughs> he was not white, actually. Whoa! I don't know if I found the right picture, you know, but he has the fluoride stare. He's got the, you know, his teeth are stained with soy. Does he have um, disgusting facial hair and receding hairline? Was I right on two out of three? Uh, I don't remember if he had decent facial hair. God, Adam. Um, <sighs> you're supposed to affirm my beliefs. That's the only reason you're here. Now you're making me question my values. <laughs> That's the thing, is the, the the wolf is in sheep's clothing, okay? True. Just because you see a man and he doesn't have a receding hairline doesn't mean he's not a cuck. Um, the cucks are everywhere. What, what, They're hiding what, what among is, us. What was notable about his appearance? What are you going to say about it? Fluoride stare. Fluoride stare. This guy drinks fluoride water for sure. So just like something... No, he actually, he, actually, he actually looked pretty normal. So I was actually kind of disappointed because I also had my own... Uh, ideas of, of what he would look like. Um, well, I but, think what happens is you get... Uh, he d he was wearing a very fruity shirt, so you immediately know that this man is not masculine. Like, he was wearing, like, in his pictures, you know, the kind of shirt that gay men wear. And I don't know if he's gay, but... Come on, what you are you saying, man? Hey, but... I, there might be a thing to this <clears throat> where it's like... You get a gig job as an article writer for, say, BuzzFeed, IGN, or one of these movie critic, Metacritic, uh, IMDb, whatever. You get a gig job for them. They say, we give you $50 a blurb. And you're trying to get yourself to college, or through college. I, I'm just saying, maybe that's what some of these fucking guys are doing. Maybe that's why they actually look like normal humans when you actually look them up. It's because they're, they're, they're the wolf in sheep's clothing, not the... Or, no, wait, this, what are these... I don't know. It is the wolf in yeah, okay, sheep's yeah, clothing, yeah. She I said it right. <laughs> or in this case, it almost is the sheep in wool clothing, because you're talking about a really cucked, pathetic man um, who uh, is masquerading as a normal adult. Um, well, so I'm this, talking like somebody case, we, who's like we might be allowed to, to switch the metaphor, like a retard, so they make gig money from these terrible movies. Oh, true. Yeah. True. True. Um, okay, so, good. Now we can, address, I think there's only, like, three or four more, let me look at this quote again. Uh, he says, the, the reviewer then says that there's, like, the folly, the way the, the reviewer, the critic says it, he says the folly of revenge, and I don't remember completely, but I'm pretty sure at some point in the movie, before he's on the boat leaving, uh, he has a vision of, like, his, of, like, his, 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 like, family tree, like, ending or something. I think there was, like, a family tree where, like, there was someone dead at the top or something or oh, showed yeah. like him just being dead with nothing right yeah. um but then you know the female presence in his life which is literally a witch mind you um literally a witch tells him to forget his anger and become a cuck why is you she know, a witch? that's what why she's is she literally a witch 
because she uses magic in the movie. Does she? Yeah. That's actually something I was going to well, talk about. It, but... She calls herself, she calls herself like the Witch of the White Woods or something, and then it's the movie is trying to be ambiguous with if there's like any like actual magic right. or That's, spirituality that was the main so thing i was going to talk about actually with the concerns which is cool because there's there's a part where he like fights uh like a zombie like a not a zombie but um like an undead guardian yeah. or whatever but then after the fight he like wakes up and he didn't actually fight anyone but he did gain like the power to the sword or whatever and then the sword is kind of implied to me magical as well but it's not like super obvious and there's like there's a yeah, lot of these I, instances where it's like finish your rant because that's like the, the biggest jar of worms that i wanted to open for with the yeah yeah there's like a lot of instances where the i'm saying magic finish your woman is, rant now yeah okay well it's confused but anyway Go! so anyway woman rant. so the, the wit the witch tells him to forget his anger become a cuckold um so instead he takes a cold hard swim and he awakens his lizard subconscious and clears his mind of all the succubus whisperings and it's telling him to like move on instinct and kill to his last breath and so at the end of the movie you know he goes and he kills the enemy and he gets to die a hero's death which is the best any man can wish for you know and then he has a vision of his children being safe and protected and it's like yeah obviously he took initiative and killed the bad guy uh regardless of what would end up happening to him and because of his sacrifice he made the future a better place and he like he corrected the family tree and he, he let his lineage keep going because what he said in the movie was like the people are just going to hunt after them and they're going to end up finding them and killing his kids anyway um and so the review the critic says you know folly of revenge but in reality it's uh in reality the revenge pays off and he manages to get everything that he wanted out of the situation which is you know fulfilling his own desire for revenge and also uh protecting his own you know protecting his future which isn't literally isn't like actually him but his you, you know your future lives on through your children yeah it, um very true it's so funny because like you kind of do think the movie's gonna have this more feminine truth ending when she pulls him away from it you're like oh damn i guess it and then in the end he gets literally everything he ever wanted like he gets revenge he gets a yeah. hero's death and he gets to make sure his children are safe through like a deatific vision that is inspired through him yeah not only that he kind of wins the fight too which is kind of nice like you don't really think of him as winning the fight because they both die at the very end but there's something very symbolic about him dying second um where he gets to see his victory whereas the enemy his head like gets chopped off and falls into the lava and for the enemy it's over you know he's done he doesn't get to know what happens he doesn't get to know he killed the other that's, person but for him that's there's so a, true i didn't there's even like think a, about there's that. like a fuck there's a there's a deep satisfaction that comes from him killing the enemy by cutting off his head but then him only getting stabbed in the chest falling down and getting that moment of contemplation and review and getting to like actually get a grasp of the deeper meaning of everything that he's done in his life everything leading up to that point and also getting to like uh admire the fact that you know his children are going to grow up in a safe place um and I, so i think that's pretty important too um it isn't really worth being skipped over that's, that's heavy uh, i really didn't even i don't know if you want that. to do your rant there, there there was one last thing about familial honor that the critic said in this sentence maybe you want me to tackle that well, first. just like on this point you just made i have this theory that is completely unfounded and related to nothing in reality that um mm. all heroes have like all, all the sentient people all the non-npcs all the player characters basically have a moment of um 
like a moment of clarity and like a moment of meditation before their death. That's at least that's what mm-hmm. I think to I don't know, maybe hope something out of this existence, but I, I feel like if you're really a player character, you, you get a moment of meditation before death. But anyway, go into your rant and then we can do my rant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the lot that I'm gonna say in my rant. Don't say anything that I'm gonna say in my rant. I will. I will stay away from it. Uh, the last thing that the reviewer wrote is that he thinks it's meant to be uh, that this movie is meant to be like an attack on devotion to familial honor. That's the last three words of his uh, of his thing. And it's like they show the family tree over and over again, and it's like through the hard work of his ancestors. Um, and like everything that he's doing that he's able to be where he is like it's because of you know what his father's lessons to him and everything and like you like when it goes through the family tree you know you don't see weak men they're all like kings they're all like very powerful um very strong men that led him to be in this successful position you know uh and like in the movie you find out that his father wasn't a perfect man but it's then made like very the, the father that was ended up being killed by the incumbent um, but it's then, like, made very clear that the wife was actually a terrible person and, like, a serpent. And, like, his wife was a slave that his father had raised to the status of a queen. And you can complain about that all you want, but it's like you were saying. You got to think about, you know, the context of the movie. Like, back in that day, nobody got to marry who they wanted, you know. And, like, life is completely brutal. Like, being a queen is as good as you could hope for. Like, under all rights, you know, of that time. You know, there's no reason for him to treat that woman any better. Um, and she probably wasn't even being treated better to begin with, you know, wherever she ended up starting. You know what I mean? Like some poor town where the women didn't have rights in the first place. And so he elevates her to this status. Um, and then, you know, she clearly doesn't appreciate any of that. Um, and so anyways, so he ends up staying devoted to his patriarchal lineage. He kills all the women and children, which is a beautiful metaphor for being blackpilled and uh, saving children from toxic leftist parents. And it's, it's, it's all thanks to all these lessons that his father taught him growing up, which, you know, was to just go epic beast mode. Um, that's, and that's so, said to him at one point in the movie, he said, go beast mode. Yeah, go epic beast Which is, you know, epic beast mode is the metaphor that they use when, when he's going through that wolf transition where he's pretending to be a right. wolf. That's, uh, that's a call-out to going go beast epic mode. beast mode. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of the end of what I had to say about this critic. But obviously this critic had a, I had a completely wrong take, and hopefully I've changed your mind, Lucas. Um, but the obvious right take here is that violence yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, and rage and being a man is, is more important than, um, you know, I, compassion. I'm on, the side of, uh, I'm on the side of you now. I think this critic, I don't think he had it, had it all right. I think, uh, I think you had it right. All right, your turn. Um, yeah, well, my turn, I was just going to say about all the all the implied magic in the movie. Because at so many points in the movie, like when he talks to um, the Oracle, it's like, okay, he mm. could be talking to this Oracle, or this could be a dream. It's left ambiguous. Or when he goes and he gets the sword, he attacks a fake guy and has like a, a fake spiritual journey, but it's like him that's real. Or when he speaks to um, the the guy, the what, what would you call that guy on the farm? The guy that has William Def, Willem Dafoe's head? 
I don't know what I would call that guy. <laughs> Uh, the shaman? The sh- yeah, sure, the shaman. Wait, the guy... Yeah. Like, the old guy. It's like... You yeah. know... Like, there's so much of it that's, like, implied magic, but it's like, also, this could just be really what's happening. And then there's, like, a lot of implied drug use with the shaman, where you... And there's, like, a lot of implied drug use, obviously, in, in the ritual with his father at the beginning of the movie, where it's like, they're they're probably drinking some form of hallucinogenic. And... I don't even think that's super implied. There's like, a, I think they show like little mushrooms in it and stuff. Right. Yeah. They they show a to to, to uh, preface his attack on on the uh, when he says I'm gonna like curse this guy. Right. He says I'm gonna curse this guy who killed my father. He, the last thing that it shows before that is him holding up a mushroom, and then he makes uh, so many of the members of that of that entourage go insane and kill themselves um through the through the use of uh hallucinogenic drugs um but i will say i like that because it's like it's like real life where you everybody has their own way of viewing the world that only they can like see the world through that way so when you talk about these old societies where people viewed this it's like how much of that is real and what what even is real because what's real is just what's experienced by that person and so yeah you don't like you don't know if it's quote unquote real in the way that we'd say something is real today but I I was thinking the same thing with like miracles in Jesus' time because I was uh, when I used to have debates with my buddy Carl on, uh, on miracles he was like I was like yeah well why don't you see miracles like in the modern day like why don't we see miracles in, in in our society and he's like you know the interesting thing about that is in places like Brazil and places like in Europe and where they're more spiritually in tuned people describe these kinds of insane miracles and not just single people like crowds of people describe like group healings by um, high religious figures and things like that and it's just not something that we are long like we can't perceive that anymore in the West. Like we can only perceive through a very materialistic lens in the West, which is why those those miracles don't materialize for us because we can't perceive them. And I thought that was such an interesting point because it's it it didn't really make sense to me until he said it. But I was like, yeah, that's that's a powerful thing to to understand. I don't know if I'm putting this the right way. I feel like I'm fucking blundering this in the way I had it in my head. But you get what I'm saying, like, everybody, all cultures are different because people perceive things differently in those cultures. And there are miracles happening today, but we can only perceive them through the materialistic lens. And it's the same thing in this movie where you don't really see what, you, you don't know what's real um, in the materialistic lens, but you know what's real in terms of his journey, in terms of his spiritual journey throughout the movie. And I thought that was just a a great kind of very interesting way of broaching the subject because now in movies you either get you either get movies where you like know it's materialist from the start or you know it's like superhero movies from the start like you know it's like powers but you don't really get Mm. this kind of ambiguity that you get with this movie and I thought that was very interesting Um, I'm trying to think about it yeah, just on the mom scene, like, where his mom's, like, trying to seduce him and, like, t- 
tell him all these lies. It's like you're saying, bro. Like, she could have been grateful. Like, instead of instead of taking the grateful path, instead of saying, "Wow, your father elevated me to a king or to a queen," rather, she's like, "Well, it's just random. Like, it's just all random happenstance. Like, I could have been anybody else, and then by some fluke, I turn out to be queen." It's like, yeah be grateful for that but she can't be because she can't perceive the world in that way and she's only grateful once somebody like gives her direct power um to oppress the slaves and to do whatever she wants um yeah i don't know if i have anything else to say about the movie i thought it was a good movie i would say yeah like seven or eight definitely um i thought it was kind of cringe at the start but then once you get into the theme of the movie you kind of get into it um yeah yeah, 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 I agree. Did you have anything else you want to say about the movie? I, uh, it did make me think of something, because I saw Willem Dafoe in the movie, and you know, like, how in, like, Disney movies, they always have, like, yeah, all, like, the Disney movies, like, or is it Pixar, maybe? They all, like, are meant to connect. Right. I think I'm starting to develop a theory that, like, all the Willem Dafoe movies kind of connect. Like, it's the same person in all of the different Willem Dafoe movies. Oh, shit. Um, okay, I'm interested. Yeah, because, you know, like... Well, like... Like, uh, like from, like, the Northmen. From the Northmen, he's, yeah. He's the and shaman like, in the Northmen. He's the early shaman in the Northmen. Yeah. Like, have you seen The Lighthouse? No, I've not seen The Lighthouse. Oh. Um, what about, like, Platoon? No, I was willing to phone that. Yeah. Have you seen, have, have you seen American seen Psycho? One. I have, but it's been a really long time. And I honestly can't really... The only thing I remember is, like, Bateman killing people. I didn't actually... Who does Willem Dafoe play in uh, American Psycho? Um, I can't remember. I literally don't... Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's been a little bit too long. Too long. Uh, have you seen it at Eternity's Gate? He's like, he plays like the, um, what's that painter's name? He play, I have, he plays I have not Gogh. even heard. I have not. I've not even heard of that movie. Oh. Uh, have you seen Finding Nemo? I have seen Finding Nemo. Now I'm gonna have to make an exception for my theory for Finding Nemo because that's like an animated movie, so it obviously isn't gonna fit into this like right. whole connecting things. Right. Um. So obviously, like that, you know, he's I, he's like the, is it Gil? Yeah. I can't really, you know, because he's not playing Willem Dafoe. He's playing Gil, which Gil's like, you know, a fish. Right. So it's kind of right. can't really connect those. Because he's obviously. a fish in that movie, and usually he's like a human. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen yeah. Aquaman? So I don't. I've not seen Aquaman. No. Oh. Um. Have you seen John Wick? Should I watch that? I, I don't. I, it's not that good. Have you seen John Wick though? The first one? Yeah. I yeah, like a long time. I don't remember any. Is he? I didn't even. Is he in that movie? As who? Um, I think he's like John Wick's dad. I want to say. I don't remember him in that movie at all. Hmm. Is there is there any other uh, Willem Dafoe movie you've seen? Not recently. I can't really. I haven't seen a lot of Willem Dafoe movies. Hmm. Have you seen Spider Man? I've seen Spider-Man, bro, and in Spider-Man, he says, like, he says something like, 
I think there's like there's like he's like Norman Osborn in that one, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Or the Green Goblin. He's like, you might know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says something like, you know, like, "Sorry, I'm late. Wow, uh, work was murder." You know what I mean? Right. Like that's like, and it's kind of like a, you know, like because he went out and killed people. I think that kind of connects there. Cause that, I do see that connection. Nah. Because he's like the, it's like, it's like if, if, if I'm going to make this like, you know, encompassing Willem Dafoe uh, universe where they all connect, you know, then he's, he's got to be like kind of this timeless being, which I, I think you can see that hinted in some movies that he's kind of like doesn't age, you know? Right. Um, and so like in, in Spider-Man, it's like, it's like kind of that, that right there is sort of like a, a subtle nod to the fact that you know he's like he's got that biking blood and you know sometime before that scene happens he's probably off like killing people you know what i mean right i like that um no i mean i yeah i haven't really thought about it before but now that you mentioned that kind of connection there's definitely a lot to it yeah i think i need to yeah i think it'll just get better the more once I start watching some more, like, Willem Dafoe movies. Yeah. I think it'll start to strengthen it. So, yeah, that was the Northman review. Very good. Go watch it if you haven't. I feel bad. I'm sorry, Grant, that you weren't here to see it, or to talk about this. We can have you come on and give some thoughts. Um, yeah, I feel kind of bad now. This is ending on a sad note. I'm well, sorry, Grant. We can Grant. talk about something else before we go. Um, you know what I do want? You're talking about making Alex Jones say stuff for us? Yeah. We should just, you know, have him, uh, we should just uh, write up a fake conversation and introduce him onto the pod and then have him say, like, you know, great to be here on, on, on <laughs> the, uh, the, the Stone podcast um, on SRS and, uh, and you know, just, just pay him, like, $8,000. Um, he obviously won't know what we're talking about, but we'll have a whole script and then we'll kind of lead him through it, yeah. and I think we could really could really grow some ratings if we had the entire pod with Alex Jones, where it just cuts back from us to him. And so we're like, "Yes, yeah, so like how you been, Alex?" Alex, ah, it's good. <laughs> That's two hundred dollars out the window. Yeah, it's been good, man. Uh, you know, uh, I've been shitting, pissing, and coming and stuff. You know, it'd be <laughs> hilarious because we would just we would just have like whatever whatever we want him to say and uh just kind of go fund me for just kind of make it a whole mock thing yeah make it a whole mock thing where where we have to make it like subtle enough that nobody realizes that he is not listening to anything we're saying yeah 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 (laughs) um i think that'd be funny you know (laughs) i think we're gonna have to do some we're gonna have to do some math before we decide on the funny how much is it for like three minutes um, I don't know if it's a time-based thing, but I, yeah, I feel like would. You... Oh, perfect! Five hundred dollars, and we we haven't talked for seventy-five minutes. Well, we could even in three minutes, he could say like enough responses that we could keep going for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, cause yeah, cause we don't need the white noise, cause we're cutting back and forth. So, you know, he's just nonstop talking the exactly. whole time. We can get a lot of content out of that. Exactly. We can tell him to say it all really fast, like, "Hey, can you wrap this out?" and then give him the script. <laughs> And then once we get the footage back, we just slow it down. I really wish that he was cheaper, because I definitely... If he was $200, I would have already bought one and had him on the plot. <laughs> but $500 is pretty yeah, steep. Yeah. I'm going to check yeah. the shout-out rates right now, just to see if... I don't think it'll ever go down, but I just... Some part of you know, maybe if, our, if, maybe if our guests 
uh, our guests that we have on the episodes uh, relinquish their uh, rewards that we promised them at the start of this episode, if they take all that money and instead give it back to yeah. us so that we can do this, then we could get it. We could get the funding. I mean, started I think so far that. our podcast has probably made maybe over six cents. I I don't know how much that would go towards it, but I think it would definitely be. You know, every time I pay my rent, I pay it like four cents short. And over the course of a year, I'm going to be like 30 cents richer. And they don't even realize it. Like, they don't, they won't tell me anything. They won't like say, hey, you're short four cents here, right? That's a little, yeah, that's yeah, a little yeah. monetary tip for you guys out there. When, whenever you're paying rent, just pay like five, six, four or five, six cents short every time. You're, you're going to save money in the long term. Yeah. Pay $499 and a bunch of change. Well, if you're paying cash, it's harder, but I pay over Venmo, so. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, because my rent yeah, is four sixty one twenty five, so I usually just pay four sixty one twenty one or four sixty one twenty, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. They, they just don't mention it because they they see that as like, you know, pity change. But for us. Yeah, and then I and then I, and then I steal water from the laundry room, so I don't have to pay as much for utilities. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I only drink toilet water. We don't even pay for water here, but I still I <laughs> only drink out the toilet. Yeah. The toilet water is free. <laughs> the toilet water is it I have feels one more toilet free. that I use. The the other toilet I cleaned it immaculately and I've not used it since I moved in. And I use that exclusively for water. Yeah. And peeing. But you know, that's it. <laughs> no way. Well yeah. I mean piss isn't gonna contaminate anything. Yeah, piss is sterile. We all know that. Piss sterilizes yeah. things. We all know how je- we all know how jellyfish work. We've all, <laughs> we've all got a jellyfish sting when there's a goth girl around. Um, just like a last point that I <laughs> see goth girls walking on the beach and run into the water. Please, somebody pee on my leg right now, dude. I last little point, last little rant, because this one's been on my phone for like forever. I was just looking at my pod topics, mm. but when I read that book by Chesterton, one of the things he said was. Uh, when I was growing up, everybody who was older than me told me, ah, you're young and idealistic now, but wait till you get older. You'll learn that it's all about practical politics, right? Um, mm. Just relationships and just seeing how people get along and making deals, whatever, whatever you want to think about it. And he said, that's what people always told me growing up, but the older I get, the less I believe in practical politics and the more idealistic I become. And that's how I feel. And Adam, but you and me were just talking about this yesterday, about how like, <clears throat> what if what if this is what all these people felt when they were young? Like when our dad was young, he was thinking like us. But you know, as you get more <clears throat> jaded and as life beats down on you over time, you kind of get disenchanted and you just give into things and kind of think more on a practical scale. But I don't think that's true. And the fact that Justin was like 40 when he wrote that book. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm more idealistic. I'm more radical now than I've ever been. It's very inspiring to me because that's how I've always felt. Because ever since I was a kid, people are like, oh, you're thinking too heavy about that. Like, I, I remember people saying that to me even like seventh grade. Just like, you're thinking like on too deep level about this or you're kind of digging into this too much. But the older I get, just like the more radical I get. So I hope that trajectory just increases forever. Um... Yeah, I like that. That's a nice note to shine on. Yeah. Uh, you know, like to end the podcast. Don't worry, guys. We're not gonna. We're not going anywhere. I'm not getting less radical. We're, I'm getting more and more. We're dangerous. slowly getting pushed. We're slowly getting pushed to the point. I'm to the brink. Yeah. What's? We're not gonna back away. 
I I am I am the child who was um, what's it called? Like when they say like a child is a victim of the deep web in all these articles, like the dangers of the ideological right, whatever. Like that's that's me, mm. and that I I I am the victim, and I'm just gonna keep being the victim of that. So don't you guys worry, because Space Ranger Stone will not let you down. I'm just getting more and more dangerous every day. I'm becoming more and more of a threat to federal agents every day. Uh, Space Ranger Stone at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. Anything, any tips about how to get out of an office chair are welcome. Yeah, and uh, if you do want to reply to my dogs have no souls, you know, I know I, I, know I repeated myself for a while because Lucas left, um, but, but you are allowed to respond to that. We will be reading the emails on air, um, so feel free to address those concerns. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. And just last little note about Willem Dafoe. Maybe someday he'll be Willem Dafriend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thank you, friends. <laughs>